for the last uh, few weeks of Lent, we have been going through the seven last phrases that Jesus said from the cross and taking them apart one by one. And in this week, we are on uh, the part where it says that from the cross, Jesus looked down and he saw his mother there with the disciple whom he loved, as well as um, Mary, the wife of Clopas. That's not important to this. And he said to the disciple whom he loved, behold your mother. And then he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Uh, those are the words we're going to look at today as part of our Lenten season. Uh, a couple things that we need to know, I think, for this to work. The idea of writing the word I, just the letter I, to refer to yourself was not a part of any literature until the fourth century AD. And in fact, St. Augustine was the first human we know of to ever write a book and when talking about himself, say, I. And why is that? It's just not how people talked. When they were writing about themselves, there was always a sort of device they would use to identify themselves, usually by saying the third person, like Father Joe sometimes does. <laughs> so sorry. Uh, Father Joe doesn't do that. <laughs> All kidding aside. Instead, what you would do is simply, again, use yourself in the third person. So all through John's gospel, John, who wrote the gospel, says John. Or he'll sometimes say the disciple whom Jesus loved. Now, why would he sometimes refer to himself as John and other times as the disciple whom Jesus loved? Because when he's talking about the disciple whom Jesus loved, he's talking about you. You are the disciple whom Jesus loves. And John is really careful with that. So that there's times Jesus is speaking directly to John and says, John, and probably knock it off, but that's not in any gospel, yeah? But when it says the disciple whom he loved, John is inviting you to take his place for a moment. When it says that Jesus looked down from the cross, and saw at the cross the disciple whom he loved with his mother, he saw you. He sees you. I can't tell you how many times. This is one of the best crucifixes, by the way, in any Catholic church ever. And I've tried to get Rome to recognize that, but uh, it's not going to happen. They're busy. I have stood here and stared at it. I've seen some of you stand here and stare at it. That's an important part of our life as Catholics. We are body-soul unities. That's why we try to make our churches beautiful. We look at things. We touch them. He sees you when you are standing at the foot of his cross, when you're remembering what he's done for us. He sees you there. And just so you know, our mother is right next to you in those moments. And he's saying to you and me, his mom is our mom, and we need to remember that. I sometimes confess I get frustrated with how many of our non-Catholic brothers and sisters spend a lot of times trying to convert us. There's a lot of people who need conversion, who don't even have the basics. So I do want to arm us a little bit. I don't want to spend too much time on this for some of the inaccurate things people say to us about Mary. Because that's important. 
One of the most important things I can tell you as a Catholic is when someone says to you, well, where is that in the Bible? There's a very simple answer for it. You say this, it's right next to the verse that says everything has to be in the Bible. That is funny. Uh, that group over there giggled. I award you six Jesus points, all of you. It's a fact. When someone says, where's that in the Bible? It's not. There's a lot in there, and there's things we extrapolate from the Bible, but the Bible didn't exist as we have it until the 6th century A.D. We look at what the first two generations of Christians believed, and we consider that really important because they're the ones who gave us this faith. They're the ones Jesus used to give us this faith. And they honored Mary and called her our mother. Why? Woman, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. And not only that, but Paul, St. Paul, who first was Saul, the killer of Christians, bumped into Jesus one day on his way to kill more Christians, and Jesus said these words to him. Do you remember this? Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? me. The four o'clock mumbled it. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Uh, four o'clock was like, I don't know what we're supposed to say. You know, uh, uh, and I get it. Saul, why do you persecute me? He didn't say, why do you persecute my people? But this was the first time Saul met Jesus. And this is why Saul becomes St. Paul, who writes over and over and over, we are the body of Christ. We are his hands on earth now. We are his eyes. We are his mouth on earth now. And we have a mother, and her name is Mary. And she's amazing. We make no apologies for the fact that there's no verse in the Bible that says it's important to ask Mary to pray for you. Because the people who decided what books go in the Bible and what books don't, they're the ones who told us. We asked Mary to pray for us. This is very important. It's not a side belief in Catholicism. It's a belief we hold to and we bleed for because we love our mother. You heard the commandment, honor your father and mother. It's the first commandment with a promise that you may live long in the land I have given you. We honor Mary for a ton of reasons. And we're going to go through all of them. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that to you. When Jesus says, behold your mother and woman, he said, and by the way, it's kind of funny translation. What he says is ishi, which is a very sweet word, but leave it to the Latin to translate it woman. Uh, uh, he was saying something very affectionate. Latin is so cold. I don't know if you know this. There's literally 1,100 words for killing in Latin. That's how the Romans thought. And there's two words for love. Wrap your brain around that. But anyway, when he spoke to her and said ishi, he's, he's saying something very tender. He's giving care of his mom to you. And he's giving care of you to his mom. So how do we honor that? How do we in this Lenten season take these beautiful and tragic words of Jesus and live them well? First, we seek our mother's prayers. We ask Mary to pray for us. And we should do that a lot. <laughs> 
it's an astounding thing to think of because Jesus could have just popped on the scene at 30 years old. That sort of thing was actually normal. But we know he had a childhood and we know God decided that he would have a mom. Think about that. That's how important mom is. That God decided, you have a mother? Okay, I'll have a mother. Don't even get me started. God's mother will pray for you because she sees you as her son, as a part of his body. You, in her mind, are not separate from Jesus. In the same tender love and strength with which she loved Jesus, she loves you. And she's in heaven now. And she can hear you by God's grace. And she'll pray for you. People will tell you, well, we don't need to pray for the saints. We don't believe in that. Okay, great, we do. Um, and we do because, believe it or not, that one's actually in the Bible. When St. John saw a vision of heaven, it says he saw all the saints and martyrs standing before the throne of God, offering up the prayers of the people. And we believe that people who've died and are alive with Christ, they're more alive than you and me. There's more of those people here than those of us who are here physically and spiritually. This church is packed with saints and angels. They're joining us in this prayer. And we ask them to pray. And we ask our mother to pray. How do we do it? There's a prayer you may have heard of. It's called the Hail Mary. I'm going to teach it to you. All right? You know this one. What are we doing? We're quoting scripture. We're quoting the archangel who said to a 13-year-old girl, Hail and I've told you this before. When you want to greet people back then, if you want to greet an equal, you say salve. Salve. Okay, you did a lot of batter at the other one, but I'll take it, okay? You say salve when you greet an equal. If you're walking in the grocery stores that didn't exist back then and you saw a buddy, you said salve, salve. Now, if you see someone super important, you said ave. So when you see, I um, can't do it, I'm sorry. I wanted to make the joke, but I'm gonna let it go, all right. So an archangel of God, the most powerful created spiritual thing in the universe, sees her and says, Ave, hail, Mary, filled with grace, the Lord is with thee. And that's when a Christian said to the angel, where's that in the scripture? Uh, but he was writing it right then and there. Um, we say the Hail Mary. We ask her to pray. And we ask her to pray at the only two moments that matter. Right? There's only two moments that matter in our existence. Now and the hour of our death. Those are the only guaranteed moments we have. And because of that, that's when we ask mom to pray. Pray for us sinners. That's you guys. Now and at the hour of our death had too much caffeine. I'm so sorry. Now with Mary, we ask her to pray. And not only that, but we follow her example. And let's give just real quick, because I know this is a long one, but a couple examples of ways we can imitate Mary. The most important one is this. When God said, will you? She said, yes. The most important decision 
in the history of the human race. Will you? Yes. Every time you and I say yes to Jesus, every time we say yes to God, Jesus is born. What a powerful thing. It's one of the reasons I, I hold a rosary during Mass. I have two reasons, right? One is because, and this is going to shock you, it's a little hard to focus for me, yeah? And I can drift all over the place during Mass. I legit feel bad for Jesus some days. But I hold that rosary because this is the now, and that's when I ask Mom to pray. Pray for me now and the hour of death. But the second reason is every moment you and I are here together, we need to constantly be saying yes to Jesus. We need to give birth to him everywhere we go. All around us, our lives are filled with people giving birth to anger, to rage, to fear, to hate. No, no, we're gonna be like mom. We're gonna say yes to the Lord, even when we don't get it. She didn't get it. How's this going to happen? But she still said yes. And we got Jesus. Every time we say yes to God, the world gets Jesus. How cool is that? We also know that she stood at the foot of this cross. She watched her son get tortured to death. How many things do we avoid because it might hurt us? And yet there was an extraordinary grace there as she stood at the foot of the cross and watched it happen. She did not leave her son. Everybody else did. Those tough, smart disciple leaders, they ran like it was a crime scene. Only John remained. But our mother stood there and when you are suffering, and when people you love are suffering, you plant your feet and stay. Running is for the devil. Running is for cowards. And people who love Jesus do not run. We stare our pain in the face and reminded of the truth. This is a crucifixion. That means there's a resurrection. Our mother was fully present at that moment. And she didn't understand. But she trusted that God would do what he said. Namely, your son will rule forever. And you and I can trust it. There is so much with our mother. And there, there is great danger of me giving you 82,000 examples. So I'm going to stop. But in this Lenten season, here's what we're going to do. And this is not an option. We're going to ask our mother to pray for us. We're going to talk to our mother. And we're going to give her honor. And not only that, but we're going to learn from her. We're going to say yes to God, whatever he asks. And we're going to stand at crosses and believe. Not what our eyes see, but what our hearts believe. God has one and God will win. Amen? Amen. Okay.